or great big up and comers, and they all have different looks. So the fact that I can adapt to each one of them with my style, it makes it so much easier going to the fight. No matter what the guy brings, he want to bring karate style, he want to bring kickboxing style, he want to wrestle, he's a jujitsu guy. Every, no matter where we take the fight, I'll be prepared because I got one of each of those guys in my camp. Yeah, no, it's true, man. You have an, an impressive team, an impressive group that you work out with. And, you know, just talking about your team a little bit, you mentioned Mark Henry earlier. What is it like to train with all these guys? It seems like you have Edson, you have Marlon, you have Frankie Edgar, Eddie Alvarez, all these great fighters. How is it to be a part of this team? What is it like? Um, being a part of this team is like being adopted into like one of the richest families in the world. Not rich with money, but rich with the great personality and the the way everybody gets along, the team environment, you know. They got things money can't buy. The loyalty, the wisdom, like you say, Edson, Eddie Alvarez, Frankie, these guys have been in the game for how long? So they can teach these things to me. Things that I do wrong and things I do good, they can critique, teach, and show me to do it better. Then you got guys like Mark Henry, Nick Atone, Ricardo Almeida, Dante Rivera, um, Brian Blue, my um, wrestling coach Stephen Bradley, all these great coaches, Henzo Gracie himself, Daniel Gracie, different people that's all in the Henzo Gracie affiliate. No matter where you go, if you got that Henzo Gracie badge in your name, you welcome to any of those Henzo affiliates. So you got another deep well of coaches as well as I have teammates, and it's just amazing, man. I think one of the most impressive things, Corey, is when, when you're watching you guys train, it's like you can see it's a family environment. Like everybody helps each other. It's not – I mean, everybody – you know, there's not a lot of strong egos where everybody is like out for themselves. It's like when one guy's done sparring, he's watching the next guy helping him out. Like you always see like Frank Yeager's yelling at you, and the next guy he'll go and he'll help Edson, and you do the same for your teammates. Is that something that you're proud of, being in that kind of family environment? Oh, 100%. I mean, you if you got an ego, when you have egos in the gym, that's when guys tend to get hurt, or you're not helping each other out to the fullest. You know, you're being stingy with what you can help somebody with because you don't want them to get better at something that you're trying to do yourself. Or, you know, it's always that guy in certain gyms with the big ego, and they want to come in and try to take everybody's head off and they're not there to make the team better. They're there for themselves. You know, they're trying to make the highlight real. They're trying to get everything on film so they can post it on Instagram. They're in it for the wrong reasons. They're not in it as a family to make each other better and grow as a team. You know, everybody here in Jersey, everything we do, we do it as a team. We don't consider ourselves a one-man army. We are the iron army. As for iron sharpens iron, and we're always there to help each other. And the better... I can help this guy get. If the better I help my, the least sparring partner I have, like so the youngest sparring partner I have is not as good as everybody else, the more I help him, the better he get for the long run. So the further I get in my career, he's right there with me. Everything I've learned, he's learned. So I know when we go sparring, he's going to bring it. He's going to do things that guys won't do in fights. He's going to do things that my guy will do in fights. He'll know things that I usually do. So he can defend it better, and he can come with something else to counter my attacks. And it just keeps you on your toes, and that way you're never plateauing. We're always getting better and going up. No, and like I said earlier, it's impressive to watch to see so many just superior athletes, great fighters, 
just all come together as one team and all work so hard together as a team. It's just, it's just crazy to watch. And speaking of training hard, man, we all know you train hard. We see your conditioning, things like that. But it, it seems like you've taken your sparring and training to another level, a lot more intensity, a little more tenacious. Is that by plan or is that something that you kind of changed a little bit? I mean, it's 100%. It was by plan, you know, after you got to think where I am now. Now I'm ranked up in the top 10, and I'm going to be fighting these guys known for getting finishes, and they bring it all three or five rounds. And as for myself, I was always bringing it for three rounds, but I was going to the decision, going to the judges too much. Like you would watch a film, and so I had plenty of opportunities to finish guys off. Like you said, in that last fight, it was a big victory for me. I finally got a, another finish, you know, and that's what I've been trying to do. Not really trying to, but that's what I've been wanting to do for so long. And I finally took the time to go back and analyze myself and see what happened in my journey where I stopped getting finishes. What did I start doing different in practice and training that I wasn't getting the finishes that I usually get before I got to the USC and I wasn't bringing the pressure that I usually did. And that was the thing. I wasn't bringing the pressure I usually did. I was hitting guys with nice shots. I was letting them off the hook. I would have a lot of pressure going on somebody, have them moving backwards and get them to the cage, and I would let them off. You know, instead of keeping them on the cage and eat them up there, take them down and pound them out, I would take guys out and just try to do jitsu and wrestle them instead of punching them in the face, throwing elbows, knees from every position, which is how we train. You know, at a certain point, as I started climbing so fast, I guess I got timid with what I was doing and just started getting cautious. But now I just had to start realizing and believing I got here for a reason. I'm here for a reason. I'm right here with these guys because I'm just as good or better than all these guys. So I got to go out here and fight like it. I can't let these guys go to the judges with me. Even though I win, we go to the judges, and it's like, oh, he go home, and he thinks if I could have did something better, I could have possibly won that fight. It was close. I kept that fight close. If we get a rematch, I could win that fight if I do – this different. Now I'm going out there and dominating guys, so in their mind, they don't want to fight me again. You know, even though I do my sparring parties, even though we help each other, and, like, we're not out there to hurt anybody. I don't go in there to beat anybody's brains out or knock anybody out, but all my sparring partners know when I get on top of you, I put the pressure on you, I come with my hands, I'm coming to break you. I'm not coming to hurt you, but I'm coming to break you, where you know the next time you get back in here with me, you gotta be caught. You gotta be conditioned and ready to go because I'm not gonna stop. Five rounds later, I'm still up and bouncing, ready to go. And these ain't five patty cake rounds. These five hard rounds. Hard rounds where I go two rounds with one guy. He's too tired, so I gotta bring in the fresh guy. Bring the new guy in. Bring the new guy in, and do the same thing to him. And again, it's like it's not an ego thing. It's just practicing how I wanna fight, training how I wanna fight. And at the end of the day, anything I did to these guys in sparring or whoever it is in training, they asked me what it was I was doing that I kept trapping them down on the mat with or how was I getting a certain move, I'll pull them to the side and I'll show exactly that. And the next time they defend it, I just got to switch it up. That just makes it that much harder and better for me when I'm preparing for the fight, knowing that I can't do that same move twice. Because in a fight, that can happen. If I take a guy down pretty easy with one move, the next time he might recognize it and he defends it. So I got to switch it up. I got to have something else in my uh, arsenal to get the guy back to the ground. Yeah, and, like, I've, I've, I've known you a while now, and you can definitely see the change, man. Just you can see the change in your approach, the sparring, even your last fight. You can definitely see the change. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, your main event at UFC London, 
What has this experience been like? You're going from the ultimate fighter, you're climbing the ranks, and now here you are on a big spotlight in a huge fight. I mean, it's been a roller coaster. It came fast, a lot faster than I expected. But at the same time, I've always told myself this is where I belong. I belong at the top. So I'm not starstruck by it. You know, I'm taking it in, I'm absorbing it. But I've been ready for this. You know, I'm willing for this. I'm ready to go out there in the spotlight. I'm ready to be the main event. I'm ready to have all that attention on me because I'm not afraid of this to get this, as some people call stardom. I don't call stardom because I don't figure myself as being famous or any big star. But when you talk to me, oh, I'd like to have the attention on you now to stardom to be the main event. You know, the card is UFC London, Jimmy Manuel versus Corey Anderson. You know, how do you feel when you hear your name like that? It's just another day, brother. Just another day. I'm just moved up higher on the car. No, nothing changed. Same objective, same goal. We go out there, we get it done. I'm there for one reason. I'm not there for the lights, the camera. I'm there for the action. The rest of it is going to be fun. I'm going to take it in while it's there. I sign an autographs. I do my interviews. But I'll never lose focus of the reason I'm in London. You know, everybody keep asking, man, you're so excited to get to London. You're going to London. It's one of the greatest places ever. I mean, I can give it. Crap, so I'm going to London. I'm ready to go out there and do business. Whether I did it in a sewage pipe, in a city dump, in the gym <laughs> for a sparring session, or right here in my own backyard, it's the same thing every time. I'm going out there to do work. The rest of it is for the birds. Yeah, no, I, I can hear that, man. It's definitely a business trip for you. And like I said, it's a huge fight that everybody's excited about. Now, you know, this is a fight where he's going to bring it too. He's got to. You know, he's on the win streak. He's got a lot of power, things like that. Do you look forward to a guy that's going to sit there and strike with you, or do you, how do you even plan for that? I mean, plan for like I always I have to go out there. I'm ready for whatever. Like I said, if he goes out there and he wants to sit there and just strike with me, well, I guess we're going to sit there and not so much strike, but we're going to go out there and we're going to do the game plan that we worked with. I'm not going to say exactly what the game plan is because, you know, we're on the radio. But just know I'm prepared for whatever he brings. If he strikes, I'm prepared. He wrestles, I'm prepared. You want to go to the ground, I'm ready. Wherever he takes it, I'm ready to go. I've trained long, hard for this, and I'm going to go out there and show. No, I, I definitely tell you, man, the fans are definitely excited about it. Everybody's talking about it. And I guess one of the last questions for you is, going throughout this process, how important has this, your support staff been through this? You know, just your friends, your family, everything – how important has they been for you throughout this? Yeah, support, the support factor is huge. It's huge on the mental, physical, and just the emotional part, you know, emotional part. The biggest part for me was when I first got into it was my parents. You know, my parents was never all about it. They didn't like the fighting thing, and it was always something that was heavy on my heart, and it kind of hindered me sometimes. Because I would go to fights. I wanted my parents to be there. This is before the UFC, but they just didn't support it. So they never came out. Then when I got into the UFC, they would come because they knew how much it meant to have them there. And that meant a lot to me. But at the same time, in their heart, I knew they didn't want me out there. They wanted no parts of their son doing this vicious sport, quote, unquote, as they say. But now the the um, support that I get from my parents my brother, my brother always was the main person that told me from the get-go, like, I could do this. He was always 100% down for it. He knew. So that was always a big motivation for me to go out there 
and do what I do. He gave me the Beast 25-8 name. He showed me what it is to go out there and grind hard, break people along with my coaches and stuff like that. So that support was something I've always had, and that's something I've always fueled off of. And as for friends and family, like my girl, that's the biggest part. Like that's something I've never had until recently this year. I've had many girlfriends of females I've been in act or in a, in a whatever the word is, you know, working with, hanging out with, relationships with, but none of them ever really understood the um, the grind like my girl now does. She's she's a fighter as well. She trains right there with me. And the things she say, the quote she write on the refrigerator in the morning, from her waking me up in the morning if I miss my alarm or whatever it is, making sure I got breakfast if I'm in a rush, getting my bags packed for me, with stuff like that is huge. You know, it's so much easier on the mind. You know you have somebody in your corner that's literally a ride or die. No matter what, they right there. But if you winning, she's right there. If we losing, she right there. She's supporting you. You have a bad day in the gym. You come home. She does everything she can to keep your mind off of it. But at the same time, don't make you feel so bad. Make you feel good about the sparring sessions. Just think, you can't have good days every day. You're going to build from this, and tomorrow you'll do better. Just go in the room, study the film, and we'll go out there and do better tomorrow. And stuff like that. It's just, man, you never. I never knew it was how big that support was until now. Yeah, it's definitely paying off, man. You see the smile on your face. You're training hard. You're 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 always doing your thing. And you mentioned your your beast in twenty five eight, and now you broke out a new logo, a new and it's badass, man. The overtime logo. What's what's the story behind that? I mean, overtime and beast twenty five eight is one thing. It's mean the same thing, you know. You got the guy, you got the people at the job that go. They work a nine to five, and once that five o'clock strikes. They watching the clock from four o'clock to five, and once the clock hit five, they running out the door. You know what I mean? Uh, beating twenty five eight was the same thing. Most people living on a twenty four hour clock. You know, they counting the minutes, and every day they down on the same level as me. They ready to get in and out the office. They ready to get in and out of whatever they got to do. They're not willing to put that extra work in. And that's just I've always been since I've been college athlete and fighter. I've always been the opposite. So, like my brother always say, you're on a different level than everybody else, man. You're willing to put that work in. You're willing to put them long hours in. So, uh, we can't with beating 25-8 off of that. And then with the team, they just kept saying, like my brother told me from the get-go, 25-8 was a brand. It was never in, like, a motto. It was never a nickname. It was a clothing line my brother made. But I used it as my nickname to get it to kick off. And uh, I just was never any urgency to change it. I liked it. Some people like it. Some people hate it. And uh, preparing for 205, you'll see 205 embedded was here. And the guy from the embedding said something about my nickname and Frankie Yeager and Eddie Alvarez started going back with different names I could use. And Eddie had said, Corey, time and a half Anderson. And it was just too long. <laughs> we laughed about it. Yeah, I like it, but it's too long. And I know where Frankie was like overtime. It's the same exact thing. Same exact thing as 25-8, according to what you say it means. It's the same thing as two and a, or time and a half, but it sounds so much better. And that's just been what it was. And we stuck with it. And I like it myself. I love the design. I love everything about it, the feedback we're getting. And I'm always putting that overtime, so it fits. No, it definitely fits, man. Like I said, it's a badass logo, a sick shirt. And it's definitely one everybody should get. And I guess my last question for you is, 
you have a message for all your fans out there, man. You've got a lot of fans, a lot of students at Nicotone. They look up to you and they admire you and everything like that. Do you have a message for them? So you're saying that I tell anybody that's inspired to work hard, do anything great, whether it's sports or you want to get to the top of a work field or you've got certain goals you want to reach, just work hard, man. Set your mind on it. And no matter what people tell you, you block them out. I've had people tell me my whole life, I can't, I won't, I wouldn't be anything. And look at me now. And the biggest thing I contributed to is my mindset was always strong. I've always knew what I wanted to do. And no matter what somebody said, I would laugh it off, you know, act like I listen, and then go do my thing. At the end of the day, you'll be successful. You follow your dreams and you keep your faith strong. There's nothing you can't do with that. And the Lord is on my side. I wouldn't have been where I am now. I'm thankful for the haters, the supporters, the Lord, my family and everything I've gotten to get to where I am now. Well, Corey, first of all, thank you for your time. I know you're wrapping up your fight camp. you got a lot of things going on, so I definitely appreciate that. And on behalf of Nicotone and myself, we want to wish you the best of luck, man. Do you have a fight prediction? Go out there and get my hand raised. That's the prediction. Are you going to want a title shot after that? I'm going to the judges and go to finish, huh? You're going to want a title shot after that? you going to pull somebody out after that or no? You know, at this point, I'm at the top now. I would like to get to the top as fast as I can, but I'm patient enough to take my time. So whether I get the title shot next or I get one more fight next, whatever it is, I want whoever in line, I don't want to go back. I only want to go forward. Whether it's the winner of the Gustafson Grover fight or Ryan Bader end up staying in the UFC and he comes back or... If I got to fight Rumble or DC, whoever loses that fight, I'm willing to take whoever I got to get to get where I want. So just bring them on, line them up, give me a contract, I'm ready to go. Well, Corey, once again, thank you very much for your time. Safe travels and best luck with this fight, man. It's a huge fight, and we're all looking forward to it. All right, Tyson, thanks for having me on the radio, and uh, thank all the fans, supporters, and haters out there. Everybody stay tuned. March 18th, we got live action in London. Have a good day, Corey. Thank you, man. You too, Tyson. All right, once again, that's Corey Anderson. The huge fight against Jimmy Manuad, March 18th, UFC London main event. An exciting fighter, huge fight. So be sure to tune in, and we'll talk to you guys again next time. You can follow this show, ncmmaradio.com. Caesars has five hot and ready items at only five bucks each. Choose from a large hot and ready classic, eight-piece Caesar wings, four 20-ounce beverages, family-sized bacon cheddar-loaded crazy bites, or new family-sized cinnamon-loaded crazy bites. It's a deal so great, even my newborn is excited. What's that? She just said cinnamon-loaded crazy bites? Her first words. $5 hot and ready deals, only at Little Caesars. At participating locations plus tax. Pizza, pizza.